Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 49. So today I have a guest for you. I'm delighted to be talking to playwright, theatre director, teaching artist and museum educator Mary Hall Surface. We're talking all things creative and reflective writing through art. But before that, last week, episode 48, I was sharing 10 questions to avoid in your programs. So if you haven't listened to that yet, do go back and have a listen. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so. Treat me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. So let me probably introduce my guest this week. So as I said, Mary Hall is an award-winning playwright, theatre director, teaching artist and museum educator. Now, as a museum educator, she uses both theatre and creative writing to expand perspective, uncover complexity and deepen understanding. She's the founding instructor of the National Gallery of Arts Writing Salon, that's in Washington, D.C., And she's a six-summer faculty member of Harvard's Project Zero Classroom, so a fellow fan of Thinking Museums. Her plays have been produced at major theatres, museums and festivals throughout the United States, Europe, Japan, Taiwan and Canada, including four art-inspired productions at the National Gallery of Art. During the pandemic, she's also developed an online presence. She facilitates creative and reflective writing workshops and classes, all inspired by art. And she does this for individuals, for museums, for schools throughout the US. So Mary Hall and I have a lot in common. And today's chat, we talk about our love of close looking. We talk about thinking routines and we talk about how you can use artworks to inspire writing. We discuss a variety of projects that she's worked on or been involved with, including projects at the National Gallery of Art, the Smithsonian American Art Museum, and also the different types of online workshops that she teaches. Mary Hall also shares four wonderful tips for how you can improve your writing through art, so make sure you don't miss those too. We really could have talked for hours. I know I say that every time, but it's totally true. I loved our chat. So here it is. Enjoy. Hi, Mary Hall. Welcome to the Art Engager podcast. Thank you so much, Claire. I am thrilled to be here. So Mary Hall, tell me, and we always do this with all our guests, because I think it's quite nice for our audience just to imagine where you are. So could you tell us a little bit about where you're based and where you are right now? Yes, I am uh, in Washington, D.C., where I've lived for about 30 years. And I live very close to Rock Creek Park, which is a beautiful national park that runs right through the city. And so in 
two minutes, I can be in the woods. And in about 10 minutes, I can be uh, at the US Capitol. So it's a beautiful city to live in. That sounds like a perfect location. And tell us all, Mary Hall, a little bit about yourself and what it is, is that you do. Well, I essentially have sort of three interlocking practices, I guess is the way I talk about it is I'm a playwright. I've got about 40 plays out in the world. And I'm also a theater director and producer. I've done all sorts of productions. And my great love really is creating what I call intergenerational theater, uh, plays that uh, really equally engage and inspire and challenge adults and young people. Um, and I'm also a teaching artist, and I, I choose to bring my skills in drama and creative writing into schools and art centers, uh, working with educators, and most especially to museums. Um, you know, I work with public programs, uh, school and teacher programs, as well as in uh, docent training. Fantastic. So you wear many hats. I and do today indeed. we're going to be talking about some of these hats that you wear because I'm fascinated by your work that you do. So I understand that um, you've done some work in the past with the National Gallery of Art in DC. I have, yes, very much so. Um, they really, um, it, I met actually it's someone we know in common, um, Heidi Heinisch uh, came to see a play that I wrote uh, that was inspired by the work of Alexander Calder. And, you know, I've always loved art. And so art has sort of run through my work as a director, as inspiration. And then this was the first time I'd actually written a play inspired by art. And Heidi saw it. And so she then commissioned me to write a play for the National Gallery inspired by the work of the American artist uh, Edward Hopper. And it was very successful, and then they asked me to write two other plays, and these plays essentially were to engage the public in a very emotional and uh, lively, personal way in the art, and, and sort of inspired by the artist's life and the artist's methods, but they weren't, you know, biographical plays. They were really sort of fantasies inspired by the work, and then out of that project, um, they invited me to launch um, what we call the Writing Salon. And that was in partnership with Natalie Ryan at the National Gallery. And that um, began as an in-person program. We, we hope it's gonna come back, it hasn't yet, but an in-person program, a public program, where we use art as an inspiration for creative writing and then writing as a way to really deepen um, our connection to the art. and. I absolutely loved that program and I never really thought about um, sort of sharing what it is that I do as a playwright, you know, in a broader way with museum audiences. And so just crafting those and imagining those, um, I just love. And so it's really taken off as a big part of my life and my practice and the National Gallery. I continue to offer them now um, online and then, um, they have a program called Virtual Studio. And so when I am the guest teaching artist, it's very much like writing salon online. Amazing. And that's how we connected as well, because I was uh, teaching a course, an art and words course, which was all about 
write, creative writing and reflective writing that had been inspired by art. And our paths crossed and we started talking. And I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if you could come onto the podcast, talk about your work? And then we also found out that we have sort of Project Zero in common as well. So tell, tell us a little bit about um, being on the faculty there. Well, yeah, it's a funny story. Um, when the play that I wrote about Hopper opened at the gallery, Heidi Heinisch, again from the National Gallery, um, came up and said, gosh, you know, we are, our education program is so deeply involved with the pedagogy of Project Zero, and we really appreciate you, you know, integrating their uh, sort of thinking routines and strategies into the way you imagined and presented the play. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was actually unfamiliar with Project Zero at that point. And they introduced me to the thoughts and the practices. And then ultimately, I was invited to uh, join the faculty as um, one of very few sort of drama-based uh, instructors. And so I, I taught there for five years. And my course was uh, really focused on perspective taking. It's called Standing in a Character's Shoes, and it's about stepping into a character uh, either in a text or history or most often um, in visual art and really imagining uh, the emotional complexity of that character in a very specific moment and then giving voice to that complexity uh, in a dramatic monologue. So, my time with Project Zero was incredibly expansive to my own thinking, my own practice, and in many ways, very galvanizing because I, I really discovered that I am artistically disposed to think and create uh, in thinking routines, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love this because it's so influenced my work as well and has also brought me in touch with Heidi Heinisch and we've done workshops together in the past because oh, I of- love it the work of Project Zero because of visible thinking and thinking routines and yes yeah, still very much informs my work today um, and is yeah my part of my mission I guess is to spread this love to the wider world and actually make the joy of thinking routines more well known I think in the world. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And so tell me some about the the core values and principles that are essential in your work. Well, I, I truly, deeply, with all my heart and soul, believe that the arts are transformative I mean, for individuals, for communities, I mean, for the, the entire world. Um, they are central to our humanity and thus really to our well-being and to our potentials. Um, and I also really believe that the arts are an embodiment of possibility and change, personal change, social change. So I work to ensure that the arts have a vibrant and robust presence in everyone's life uh, as accessibly as possible across communities, diverse communities, and in schools and museums. Wonderful a, values. It's, yeah. It's the mission. principles. <laughs> And, and linked to this, do thinking routines still play a role in your work? Are you still actively using them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As I said, I think they just align with how I naturally think and feel and imagine. I mean, the wonderful thing about thinking routines is that they are really crafted to support, you know, sort of ever 
uh, deepening understandings. I mean, really expansive thinking, which is you know what I'm all about. So they are sort of explicitly and implicitly everywhere in my work. And, and I'm also very, very creative with them. I think when people first begin to work with thinking routines, they think, oh, well, okay, this one is this one, and this one is that one, and I need to follow the steps. And yes, um, that's a good way to start. But I've also become very creative um, with thinking routines. I imagine my own um, and I adapt them, you know, to whatever purposes um, I'm applying them toward. So I encourage folks to enjoy their uh, fluidity uh, as well as the structures as presented. Yeah, I'm nodding along furiously here. So <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. I think one of the reasons I'm so drawn to them is that they do offer this structure, but that it's a structure that is very flexible and you can be creative with it and you can combine, or as you say, develop your own thinking routines. And I think the more you work with them, the more your mind tends to go in that direction and you start thinking of all the possibilities. So yes, that very much speaks to me as well. Um, I'd love to talk about perhaps uh, some projects that you've worked on, perhaps you could talk a little bit more about your work at National Gallery of Art, for instance, about some creative writing, reflective writing opportunities um, that you've uh, developed there. Yes, um, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing about Writing Salon is that it really is designed to look at the craft of, of writing and offer folks some very specific uh, tools using art um, as the inspiration. I mean, each of the workshops um, have a focus of, of an element of art, like, sorry, an element of writing, like character, setting, uh, story, story arc, points of view, dialogue, tone. Um, and we always start with close looking, something I know you are a big fan of, <laughs> slow, close looking. And the idea is to really take in all of the artist's uh, choices before beginning to interpret or imagine. And we, you know, we know the value of that in, you know, re relating to museum visitors, but it's also really important uh, for a creative writer, because if you can really hold back that human urge to spin story, you know, to know and assign meaning, then you, you have a much larger imaginative canvas uh, from which to work. Um, so we begin with that slow looking, and then we go through a series of scaffolded prompts that really offer tools to the writer to enhance their uh, craft. Um, and we can talk more about writing salon too, but other things that I do at the National Gallery, I mean, I've mentioned the theatrical productions most recently was a, a play called Colors Garden that was inspired by the work of Henri Matisse, specifically his cutouts. And I was so impressed with how the gallery uh, really leveraged the opportunity to have a theatrical production. Not only did school audiences come, uh, public audiences came, it became the centerpiece of family days where families could make together cutouts inspired by the Matisse cutouts. They could go see the gallery's collection of the cutouts. It was just a very rich, rich way to sort of embed theater at the center of, of programming, public programming. Love and then I thought it, yeah. yeah, yeah, then I thought it might be fun just to mention that I, you know, I'm working with docents. I mean, this is sort of a whole other 
subject, but um, my focus there is really um, encouraging docents to animate their content by really thinking about story and how stories are structured with beginnings, middles, and ends, and uh, the incorporating dialogue and where do you start in your story. Uh, so I really, really enjoy that work as well. I'm going to do that at the National Gallery and, and other museums as well. Wonderful. So a docent training, basically. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. very much so. Perfect. And I also, because I had the pleasure of seeing you, but you were at Museum Next as well recently. Yes, yes. That was such a wonderful conference. Um, and for that, um, I was sharing a uh, collaboration that I was involved with, with the Smithsonian American Art Museum and wonderful educator there, Elizabeth Dinas. And it, we created a social emotional toolkit, which is now available for anyone in the world to download on the internet. And it really, it was based on a, a workshop that I created in response to the pandemic. And it uses close looking and reflective writing to develop uh, self-awareness, you know, uh, really tuning into our thoughts and our feelings and our responses, uh, as well as to really develop and build and strengthen resilience, you know, our ability to adjust and stretch and even grow in the face of challenges. And, And that uses, again, sort of a variation of a thinking routine, which is we see uh, uh, what is usually to teachers and students an unknown work of art. So we have to navigate through an unknown and then we feel, we meet and manage uh, you know, really new and strong emotions. And then we connect. We strive to really see how this unknown connects to our lives. And that really encourages students and educators to frame their responses in such a way that they experience a real sense of agency um, and in the process, you know, deepen their understanding of themselves and, and one another. Uh, so it was really a beautiful project and the Smithsonian American Art Museum has done a wonderful job in trying to get this toolkit into the hands of really diverse communities around the United States. And, and I hope today uh, we'll encourage people um, around the world to yeah. see, seek it out as well. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll um, provide a link to it for the, um, for the show notes so people can also download it. Absolutely. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been online recently. So we were just discussing before we started recording how we've moved, everybody has moved online in the last couple of years and uh, that gives new possibilities, new creative possibilities, but you know, also a chance to reach people further afield as well. So can you tell us a little bit about your online workshops that you run? Yes, it it has been um, a real opportunity to um, transform uh, my practice in ways that I would not have done, probably had the world not taken the turns that it has. And it's really been through the Smithsonian Associates, uh, which is uh, actually a nonprofit that uh, operates in partnership with the Smithsonian Institution and offers all different kinds of programming and workshops. And so through them, I offer a series of creative writing workshops. They're 90 minutes. Um, People can take one or they can take the whole series. And again, they're uh, rooted in the craft of writing, uh, inspired by visual art. And I also teach for them uh, reflective writing workshops. And 
in the reflective writing, I often pair it with uh, poetry and a pair a work of art with poetry. For example, I have one called Spring's Awakening, where we use uh, Van Gogh's Almond Blossoms and pair it with some poems by uh, the American poet Mary Oliver, who's very um, much engaged with nature. And we look at the lessons that spring offers us if we slow down and reflect. Um, I guess the other thing about this practice that's really evolved is and there's a lot of ways that you can use art as an inspiration for writing. You can just, you know, jump into a Canaletto painting and imagine you're in Venice and uh, what it feels like and smells like and uh, tastes like. Uh, but something that I really like to do also is to align the writing exercises that we're doing with some particular aspect of either the how of the painting or the, some aspect of the artist's life or, or practice. Like just this week, I taught a workshop called um, Impact, uh, Tone and Mood. And we used uh, Matisse's beautiful fauve uh, painting, Open Window Collier, which is you know, vivid colors and all different kinds Love of- Love uh, that painting. Yeah, yeah me too, me too. <laughs> uh, all different kinds of brushstrokes. And so I encourage the writers to describe the painting really trying to parallel the tone of their language, you know, the length of their sentences, the sentence, uh, the word choices, the punctuation, really try to parallel their verbal choices with the artist's visual choices. So long language sentences uh, contrasted with little daubs of adverbs and poppy words. And so that sort of uh, approach is something I really enjoy. Or like uh, with Edward Hopper's painting, People in the Sun. This is a painting where there's a group of five people and they're all just sort of sitting in the sun on a, on a porch, all looking in the same direction and not engaging with one another. And uh, when I've worked with that painting, I've shared the fact that uh, Hopper had a lifelong love of the cinema. And so we, one of our prompts was imagine if these each character is watching uh, the film of their life. Where are they in the film? What's happening in the film? So again, it was a very creative prompt, but it was rooted in Hopper's own life and practice. And so that's, I guess it's the playwright in me, but I just love making all of those connections um, and inspiring people in that particular way. And, and artworks can provide so so uh, just such a big jumping off point for so many ideas as well and I've also worked with that same Edward Hopper painting in the past oh, in, have a, you. in another thinking routine class so I know that one very well and I will include links to some of these artworks that you're mentioning and um, obviously to Van Gogh's beautiful springtime blossoms as well thinking about those and connecting those with poetry what a wonderful idea so what I'd love our listeners to take away with them is maybe a few tips for how they can develop their own writing through art. Have you got anything that you could share with us? Well, I did think about that. Um, it's fun to try to distill one's practice into some tips. Um, so yes, I would say number one, um, and you'll like this one, is to start with looking slowly and closely. <laughs> yeah, really, really take in the visual information first. Because I think if you start with, in a sense, the aesthetic story, uh, then you uh, have more possibilities. And then the idea of stepping into a work 
really think about all the different possible perspectives that you can step into. I mean, yes, I mean, if a work is figurative, you can certainly imagine what the people might see, think, feel, want, know, perceive. But what about the inanimate objects in the work? What might the table or the violin know or want? Or if it's a landscape, what might the different points of view be of the clouds versus the sun? Or in an abstract work of art, I mean, what about the color, the line, the shape? Or imagine that the work of art itself, the, the painting hanging on the wall or the sculptor on, sculpture on the stand, what might it as a thing see and know and feel? So I really encourage folks to think about all the different perspectives that you can step into. And then also to think about this work as a conversation. Sometimes I find people are sort of overwhelmed by the work of art that they are engaging with, that somehow it knows more than they do, or that they have to somehow be right about it. Well, art is a conversation, a conversation across time, across cultures. The work of art is giving you everything that it has. And so you, I encourage you to bring all that you are to the process of writing in response to art so that it's a beautiful two-way street. And then finally, I would encourage you to explore what you do not see. I mean, think about the untold story, if you will, of the work. What did the artist not include in an image? And what might be just beyond the frame? So again, that's a very perspective expanding approach. So those are my tips. Oh, they're wonderful. Especially the last one. I'm thinking about that already and thinking about how that might encourage you to imaginatively create uh, more words on the page. Absolutely. Thank you so much for those. Um, we are delighted that you're coming to give a class to my membership on the 26th of April. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about this special class that you'll be leading. I'm so pleased to be able to do this with you, Claire. Um, yes, it's called Inspire Your Memoir Writing through visual art. And so it's going to be a very interactive class. We'll be writing to a series of prompts. We'll be using the chat as a place to specifically reflect in response to some specific prompts. Um, we're going to be working with a really fascinating work of art by Romare Bearden. And he was a 20th century African-American artist. And the piece is called Tomorrow I May Be Far Away. And it's a collage painting where he combines multiple pieces of found papers uh, and as well as papers that he paints uh, into forms. And it's inspired by his memories of spending his summers away from his home, which was Harlem, New York, but spending his summers with his grandparents in the deep south of the United States. And so we're going to be looking closely at the work and beginning to imagine the artist's relationship to the place and the people and considering the metaphorical power of some of the images, and then inspired by Bearden's collage process, we will piece together our own memories of an important place in our lives, so paralleling in our writing uh, Bearden's layering and recombining of images and textures and memories. So it's people have really enjoyed this workshop. 
uh, whether you're an experienced writer or you're just curious about writing, um, what it offers is a real clear series of steps for recalling the past in order to consider its impact on our present, because that's what a memoir is. Oh, brilliant. I, I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to this. And um, we'll put a link um, for people to sign up if they want to sign up as well, because it is open to non-members as well. Um, we are approaching the end of our time together, very sadly, although we could talk all day. I'm I think we sure. could. Yes, I'm <laughs> we quite could. sure we could. <laughs> so tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, how they can reach out to you. Um, could you share some details of uh, where you hang out? Absolutely. I am not as active on social media as I should be, um, but you can find me on Facebook uh, as Mary Hall, one word, that's my first name, and Surface. Or um, my website, which is my full name, maryhallsurface.com. I have a mailing list and I would love for folks to join that because I do send out newsletters uh, about what I'm teaching, where I'm teaching. I'm actually teaching the Van, uh, Van Gogh, as you say, uh, spring workshop in May uh, in Washington, but it is online and I would love to have people join in uh, on that. Fantastic. And I, yes, I subscribe to your newsletter. It's wonderful. So we can put a link for that um, and your your Facebook, your social media and your website as well. But um, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you today, Mary Hall. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Looking forward to your masterclass. And um, yes, well, thank I'm, you again. You are so welcome, Claire. Thank you very much. I look forward to the class as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. So many thanks to Mary Hall for being on the podcast today. We had such a lovely chat and I'm sure you'll agree her work is very inspiring. So if you want to join her masterclass, it's called Inspire Your Memoir Writing Through Visual Art. It takes place on the 26th of April and you can join by being a member of my membership, the Thinking Museum membership, or you can purchase the one-off masterclass. Now, it's a 90-minute online class, and in it, we're going to take a close look at Romari Bearden's painted collage, Tomorrow I May Be Far Away. We'll discover how memory and metaphors inform the painting and can actually inspire our own memoir writing, just as Mary Hall said in our chat. So this class is designed for the curious, for writers of all genres and museum educators eager to expand their practice. I'll put a link in the show notes to sign up for this exciting class. And don't forget to join as well our Facebook community, The Slow Looking Club. It's a great place for conversation and discussion about engaging with art, objects and life more slowly. You can look for The Slow Looking Club under groups in Facebook and I'll put a link in the show notes. And that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. 
Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.